0: Women in Sport. 50 Fearless Athletes Who Played to Win. Written by Rachel Ignatowski. The Weaker Sex It wasn't the first time those untrue words were said, and it wouldn't be the last. It's what Bobby Riggs, a former tennis champ, said about women in 1973. But tennis player Billie Jean King stood up to this bully. With masterful skill, physical strength, and a strong sense of self-worth, Billie Jean would change the world with her tennis racket. Throughout history, Women have been stereotyped as weak, and routinely excluded from sporting competitions, gyms, teams and clubs. With no arena which to prove themselves fit and strong, it was hard for women to fight this sexism. Of course, this stereotype did not just apply to sport. Women have been denied educational, civic, business and leadership opportunities and have had to prove they are just as smart and as hard-working as men. Female athletes have had to fight the most basic stereotype of all, that women's bodies are inherently not as strong or as capable as men's. Their progress has been truly inspiring. During the 1970s, the feminist movement was in full swing in the United States, the United Kingdom and other developed nations. Women were demanding equal pay and equal opportunities. In 1972, the United States passed a law making it illegal for US schools to discriminate in funding based on gender. For the first time, many colleges and universities began funding women's sports programmes and giving up women's sports scholarships. Finally, women could pursue their athletic passions and show the world their true strength. The backlash was inevitable many people still thought women should only do traditional, ladylike activities. Bobby Riggs wanted to prove that women had no place in sport by beating the best female tennis player, Billie Jean King. In 1979, he challenged her to a Battle of the Sexes tennis match. At first, she declined. But when Bobby beat Grand Slam winner Margaret Court in the Mother's Day Massacre match, Billie Jean understood there was more at stake. Than just a game. The whole world was watching as Billie Jean and Bobby entered the tennis court. Winning would not be enough. She would have to wipe the floor with him. And she did. The score was 6 Billy 6 3, 6 3. Billie threw her racket into the air in victory as the crowd went wild. Women around the world watched Billie Jean and felt empowered to stand up for themselves. Many thanked her for inspiring them to finally ask for a pay rise or a promotion. Men wanted their daughters to grow up strong and brave like Billie Jean. She used her star status as a leader off the court as well, working for equal opportunities in the workforce for women and people of colour. This is the cultural power of sport. Through entertainment and competition, it inspires courage. The fight for social injustice often starts in the field or on the court. Sport has always been a part of human culture. Athletes become heroes, social icons and positive role models. Although sport should be about skill and hard work, society's prejudices have often prevented women from competing. It has taken gutsy, fearless women to defy the rules and take dangerous risks to break down these barriers. When the newspapers scoffed that a weak woman couldn't swim across the English Channel, Gertrude Ederle decided that she would either drown or triumph. She triumphed and set a new world record in 1926. When Althea Gibson, a black woman, played tennis during the segregation era, her talent was so undeniable that she was able to cross the colour line and become the first African-American to win Wimbledon. Her success helped the civil rights movement and paved the way for athletic greats like Serena Williams. When Sue Sally Hale was told women were not allowed to play polo, she disguised herself as a man for 20 years to play the sport she loved. These are just a few examples of female athletes who proved their worth as individuals. Showing the world what women can do and creating opportunities for future generations. There are still problems in women's sport such as lack of funding and media coverage and unequal pay but with each generation women accomplish feats that challenge the status quo. This book is filled with stories of little girls who grew up to achieve their dreams, stories of women who pushed themselves to the limit, did the impossible and became legends. Madge Sires, figure skater. Florence Madeline Madge Cave was born in 1881 and grew up in Britain. During the winter, both men and women enjoyed figure skating, but women were not allowed to participate in any of the competitions. Many were afraid that competitive physical activities would be too much stress for a woman's weak body. But Madge was such an amazing figure skater, She gained notoriety and respect within the skating community. In 1899, Madge married fellow skater Edgar Sires. He coached her to leave behind the rigid English style of figure skating and started teaching her the more fluid international style. She was a natural. Madge was ready to compete in the 1902 World Championships, which only men could take part in at that time. Defiant, she entered the competition anyway. Officials wanted to throw her out, but they soon realised that there was no explicit rule excluding women. Still, they protested about her entry, but with no actual rule to exclude her, and considering her great reputation on the ice, officials had to let her compete. Madge needed to prove that she belonged in the rink just as much as the male skaters. Triumphantly, she came in second place, securing her place as a competitive skater. Recognising her amazing performance, the International Skating Union created a Ladies' World Championship. Madge competed in the first ever ISU Championship for Ladies figure Skating in 1906. She won and won again the following year. Next, she headed to the Olympics. The International Olympic Committee IOC, had first allowed women to compete in 1900, but many events were still men only. The 1908 Olympic Games included fix skating for the first time, and it was open to women. Madge won gold for her solo performance and bronze with Edgar in the pairs' event. Tragically, Madge's life was cut short. She developed an acute heart inflammation and died in 1917 at age 35. Her bravery and excellence helped future women show their talents to the world. Ann Thompson had been nicknamed Tiny for as long as she could remember. She was under 5 feet tall and weighed less than 41 kilograms, but that didn't stop her from taking big risks. In the course of her skydiving career, she would break bones, get tangled in trees and even land on top of a moving train. She always went back to the sky, as she said, there's no real fun except far up in the air. Tiny was born in 1893. In North Carolina, USA. By age 15 she was already a widow, left to support her baby daughter by working at a local cotton mill. Her life would change forever when the carnival came to town. She was transfixed by the Hot Air Balloon Act, where performers jumped from the balloon with parachutes. Tiny begged the group leader, Charles Broadwick, to let her join the act, And in 1908, she made her first parachute jump. She had found her calling. Charles adopted Tiny, and together they toured the country so she could jump from balloons for excited crowds. Although parachutes made aeroplane flight safer, the military and the public did not understand or trust this new invention. To help change attitudes about parachute safety, In 1913, Tiny was the first woman to parachute from an aeroplane. With the help of the pilot and aviation specialist Glenn Martin, she jumped from a plane at over 600 metres up in the air. Impressed by her reputation, the US military engaged Tiny to advise the Aeronautics Corps during the First World War. Her jumps helped create the US Air Force's standard practices how to use parachutes. In 1914, Tiny completed the first free-fall jump in history. A military test jump went awry and her parachute lines got tangled on the plane's tail. She had to cut herself free, but managed to land safely. Throughout her parachuting career, Tiny continued to do death-defying stunts. After over 1,000 jumps, tiny developed ankle problems, and she retired in 1922 at the age of 29. She died in 1978, a legendary figure in aviation and a pioneer of one of the most exciting extreme sports. Bobby Rosenfeld, Athletics, Ice Hockey, Tennis and Softball Player Fanny Bobby Rosenfeld was born in 1904 in Russia and her family moved to Canada when she was a baby. As a teenager, Bobby played softball and was known for her speed. During a softball tournament, her teammates encouraged Bobby to enter a nearby 100-yard race. Still dressed for softball, she ran to victory, winning her first sports medal and dethroning the Canadian national champion. This started her athletic career, and by the mid-1920s, she was a top Canadian women's sprinter. 1928 was the first year women were allowed to compete in athletic events at the Olympics, though only on a trial basis. At the time, many doctors believed the female body could not handle the physicality of Olympic competition, and they tried to cancel the events. The women at these Games weren't competing for medals. They wanted to prove they belonged at the Olympics, and every strong performance helped. Bobby won a gold medal in the 4 x 100 meter relay and set a new world record with her team. She also won silver in the 100m race but the achievement of Bobby and others did not convince everyone that women deserved to compete in all the athletics events. After a woman allegedly collapsed at the end of an 800-metre race, in which Bobby was fifth, and although the three finishes set world-record breaking times, the Olympic Committee banned women from competing in the 800-metre race for the next 32 years. Bobby continued her multifaceted sports career, but in 1929, she began to suffer from bouts of painful arthritis. Within two years, she was back to playing softball and ice hockey. In 1931, she was the best hitter on her softball team and the most outstanding player on her hockey team. Around 1933, her arthritis flared up again and she had to retire from sports completely. Bobby became an amazing sports writer with the Toronto newspaper Globe and Mail, where she was a fierce advocate for women's athletics. She died in 1969, a legend on and off the field. Women in Sport, 50 Fearless Athletes Who Played to Win, written by Rachel Ignatowsky.